from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Do this little simple practice where I have them turn their back to the prairie and look at the turf grass and you see virtually no light. And then I say, turn around, now look at the prairie. The activity and the flurry of life that's happening, uh, you kind of start to connect with it. The well-manicured lawn is an ecological wasteland, essentially, for a pollinator. You kind of no longer prioritize just pure aesthetics. You know, you you recognize the life-sustaining benefits that radiate outward, out of the prairie, that sustain both humans and wildlife. Why can't we share? I'm Sarah Fenske. Pop-Up Prairie was founded in St. Louis in 2015 with a big goal. It wants to convert city parkland to prairie. And joining us today to explain why and how are its two co-founders. Lee Harris is the executive director for Pop-Up Prairie. Lee, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And we're also joined by Lee's brother, Jeff Harris. He's the urban resource manager for Pop-Up Prairie. Jeff, welcome. Yeah, thank you for having us. We're really excited. So, Lee, you and Jeff first launched this project back in 2015. You were living in St. Louis at the time. Yes. What put prairies on your radar? Right. Okay, so Jeff and I, like you said, we started it six years ago. And at that time, Jeff was living up in northern Illinois. Um, He was working for the Illinois Department of Natural Resources as a forester. So he was spending a lot of time outdoors, obviously. Um, And uh, he started noticing just the changing landscape. um, And he became very concerned. And um, he gave me a call. We talked all the time on the phone. And I decided that, well, gosh, we really need to do something about this. It's really bothering Jeff. And And, um, and can I cut in here? Jeff, changing landscape. What was changing about the landscape? Well, you know, as we said, I was working as a district forester. and, And though I was working with trees, uh, it was at that time that I learned about the plight of the prairie. And 200-plus uh, years ago, there were 22 million acres of prairie in Illinois. And today we have 4,000 remnant acres. Hmm. You know, a lot of that prairie has been converted to ag land or residential. Um, and and Il- uh, Missouri is the same. There's less than 1% of the original prairie. But through state and federal programs, thousands of acres have been restored, but there's so much more work to be done and I think Papa Prairie has found our niche in the city. So Jeff is seeing this thing. I can see why he would yeah. get anxious about this. Lee, it's interesting that he also persuaded you right. to become yeah. a part of this. Was this a harder sell? Well, growing up together, we spent a lot of time outdoors, and uh, I did everything with Jeff. So it was not a tough sell. And I thought, you know, I'm living in St. Louis, and I'm witnessing that also the city parks have so much space. In St. Louis, we have so many parks and a ton of green space, a lot of opportunity. Um, and while we did not have the resources to start this out in the country, we thought, hey, let's start Papa Prairie right here in the city. Let's let's redefine our urban space. Let's plop these prairie restorations right down in city parks, right outside people's doors. They're completely accessible. We can use them as demonstration and educate out of them and hopefully create 
an impact and create change. So when you talk about doing this in a city park, when I think of going to a city park, I think, oh, my kid has to play soccer. They need a, a freshly mown uh, grass there. You know, we need, there's paths going through these parks. Right. Is there a lot of space that's not already being used for active recreation? Well, surprisingly, we have found a lot in, for example, in Tillis Park um, in the Northampton neighborhood, it's a 29-acre park, and we have restored over an acre, or in the process of restoring over an acre of prairie there. And uh, people are excited. They want to share their space. They want um, alternative, you know, destinations, reasons to go to the park. Uh, so, yeah, we feel like it's expanded those opportunities, and it's it fits. It's no problem. So I can see you've got a good argument here. I also understand that getting things done when you're dealing with city bureaucracies, and there's a lot of different stakeholders, and you're basically saying, let us show you how to use this land differently than yeah. how you might already be using it. Um, Jeff, is that a hard conversation to have with people? Well, you know, it's, it, I think once we explain that, uh, urban resiliency requires that we rethink our green spaces they get on board. You know, mowed turf grass takes a lot of inputs. Um, it takes uh, irrigation. It takes fertilizer. You have to mow it. And uh, these native habitats like prairie don't require any of those inputs. So you can save money. You can be, uh, you can improve resiliency in the urban environment. And, you know, climate change is an issue moving forward. It's throwing a a lot of curveballs at us, and these prairie restorations uh, give us resiliency in the urban environment. So I think once people understand that, they, they get on board. Lee, is, is part of the problem even trying to get a seat at the table where you can have that conversation to help the right stakeholders understand that? It is, but I mean, on the ground level, we're in the parks, we're out with the people. And if you look at Tillis Park, and we have, you know, they've generously given us an, over an acre of space there to create prairie, but if you pull the lens, if you zoom out, there are so many yards in South City. So the power is really in our hands. I mean, if everybody gets on board and helps plant natives in their yards, I mean, what an impact that will have. I mean, that's an enormous amount of space. So so are you also here in part to advocate for people doing this on their own little patch of turf? Oh, definitely. That's, that, that's one half of our mission, for sure, is to inspire people to rethink their own spaces and contribute. And they can. They can help. They can be a part of this and make a change. So you've now had two city parks where you've been able to do part of this or have it in the process. Um, the first one was at McDonald Park in Tower Grove South. Uh, tell us how that all uh, came about. Why that park? How did that come about first? Um, well, I live in Tower Grove South, so we knew that um, if it was convenient, uh, we knew the park well, and we knew that it was kind of, you know, has this big three-acre field, and it was kind of sleepy at the time, not much happening there, a wonderful pra- playground, but we thought, well, if it's close, you know, we'll be able to manage it because that is a priority for Papa Prairie is to, we plant these gar- projects, but we stick around to maintain them and manage them. So we thought it would be easy to get to. Uh, we were a little nervous, but we applied for a Missouri Prairie Foundation grant that year, and we received it. So we were like, okay, it's now or never, let's do this. So we did. And, um, it really the, it, it resonated with people, and actually that little planting led us to Tillis Park to that taking over that acre. Like How did one thing lead to another for you? Um, actually, Terry Winkleman, she uh, is the uh, founder of the sustainability uh, backyard, to- the sustainable backyard tour here in town, and she came through our prairie in McDonald Park. And at the time, she was working with the neighborhood association in Tillis Park, that area, and SLU was you know, conducting some research there. And uh, she pulled us in to help with that because she saw we had already started in McDonald Park. So. 
really was her. So I think it's like if you plant it, you just do it. Get out and do it. And uh, good things will come from that. And it grows. You know, radiates outward. So, Jeff, tell us what yeah, is involved with planting something like this. I mean, say you're starting with a just a mowed field of grass and you have the ability to turn it into prairie. Where do you go from there? Well, you know, it depends on the, the size and the scope of the job. You, you know, smaller projects that we've done, uh, we've done with potted plants. And so, you know, <clears throat> we'll use weed barrier, we'll plant the plants, and then we'll put down mulch to help subdue weeds. Um, but bigger projects you can do from seed. And so you kill out the turf grass, and then you seed uh, the native seed mix, which is going to be a mix of worm seeds and grasses and forbs. And in the first growing season, you're going to keep it mowed to about six inches height to um, keep control over the annual weeds. And the little prairie seedlings only get four to six inches tall that first growing season and then you can let them flush the second growing season and then in the long term um these bigger projects we can actually manage with fire prairies have evolved with fire and you know essentially a prairie that's not burned will eventually transition to a forest so you know i think we're really excited and we're not anywhere near that it'll probably be three years from now before we put controlled burns on the ground but i think we're really excited about being able to show that management style to you know, the St. Louis community. Hmm. So, Jeff, you're not just planning it and then walking away. There's this ongoing work to get it to this state that it, it maybe would have been in if man hadn't interfered. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I, prairies, like I said, they evolved with fire, but Native Americans were the, one, were the ones who were putting fire on the ground. And so I'm really just mimicking what they were doing for hundreds and thousands of years. You know, they're the inspiration, really. So, I guess that is to say man and prairie, you know, they evolved together. They need each other. (laughs) So Mark Groth has a great local blog at stlouiscitytalk.com, and he wrote recently about coming upon the prairie restoration in (laughs) Tillis Park. He describes walking past pickleball courts and the spray fountain and the playgrounds, and then he writes this. But the real surprise came when we were walking toward a hillside just north of the baseball soccer fields along Hampton Avenue. There were native plantings in full bloom and teeming with insect activity. Pollinators were everywhere. Surprisingly, they were native bees. The European honey bees that most seek to attract were on the scene, but the diversity of insect species feeding on the various plants was stunning. The sound was music to our ears. Typically, our parks comprise acres of mowed grass with little to no species diversity and habitat for wildlife. But in this part of the park, pollinators and other insect and small mammal life was in full effect. The sounds of nature picked up near the established wildflower gardens. Lee, that's got to be music to your ears to hear that description. Definitely. And that's kind of our goal. That's what we're going for. That's that moment when people realize how much life is in a prairie and how alive it is. And once you see that, once you know that, you can't unsee or unknow it. So it is life-changing. And Jeff, does that happen on its own, that these insects end up moving in and and finding this habitat? Or do you have to introduce them very specifically, too? No, I mean, it's kind of like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. (laughs) But I think it's important to note that one of the reasons we did this project at Tillis Park was because Dr. Camillo and the Billiken Bee Lab, they've done research all over the city on bee populations, and it's the lowest in this area of the city around Tillis Park, probably because of well-manicured lawns. And a well-manicured lawn is an ecological wasteland, essentially, for a pollinator. So we, we we're restoring these prairies in this area because it needs to be done to bring those 
pollinators back, and mm-hmm. and and it's worked. I mean, they've they've come back tenfold. And I, we we I like to do this um, when we have visitors at the prairie. I like to do this little simple practice where I have them turn their back to the prairie and look at the turf grass, and you see virtually no life. Mm-hmm. And then I say, turn around and I look at the prairie, and and you know you can see. Uh, dragonflies and below them bees and butterflies butterflies and below that you've got caterpillars and you've got rabbits running in and out of the prairie i mean you know it's like a micro ecosystem that's come back very quickly uh jennifer writes on twitter i understand the ecological reasons for prairies but i've also heard residents express that they don't look as nice as other green spaces so they're not always open to it how does the team incorporate resident feedback when they may prefer more curated spaces lee i'm curious how you handle that (laughs) well i think like what jeff said if people come out and actually spend time in the prairies with us and witness the the activity and the flurry of life that's happening Uh, you kind of start to connect with it and something happens inside of you and you kind of no longer prioritize just pure aesthetics. You know, you you recognize the life-sustaining benefits that radiate outward, out of the prairie, that sustain both humans and wildlife. Why can't we share? Why can't we provide something for them that maybe isn't as pretty, but if you spend time out there, it is, in fact, gorgeous. Uh, We also heard from a different Jennifer this morning on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page. She writes, is that what's supposed to be happening to a big swath of land in Tillis Park? Uh, There's a huge area just north of the pickleball courts with signs that say something about a special project in progress. But after a whole summer, there's nothing there but dirt. Is she referring to your project? And I'm wondering, is there also a period where these things are sort of in progress and they don't look done yet? Uh, Jeff, if that's something you could address. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're in the site preparation phase right now, so we're phasing out the turf grass, and that takes an entire year. Um, so like I said, this fall, we're going to put down the seed mix, uh, which will be warm season grasses and forbs, which is another name for wildflowers. And so those will actually germinate next spring. Um, and so, you know, it will start to green up again this winter or the next spring, and uh, and that's when you'll really be able to tell that something's going on. So yeah, right now we're just in the site prep phase, and it's a little ugly, but it's going to bloom again. Jeff, is it hard to deal with just the natural human impatience? We're used to our parks looking so nice and manicured, and then when they're in this in-between stage, uh, people are like, hey, what's going on here? (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, but it's just, you know, it's about education, and I, you know, Lee and I are out there managing these uh, prairies all the time, and and if someone has a question and, and, you know, we explain to them what's going on, they always understand and get behind it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's confusing when you don't know what's going on, but when you learn the ins and outs of it, then it makes sense. Lee? Oh, yeah, I was just going to also point out that native plants are so special, even though sometimes maybe people say they look unruly because they're adapted to live in our climate. Uh, So they require zero fertilizers, herbicides, pesticides in order to thrive, and um, they offer such invaluable ecological services and relying purely on what Mother Nature provides for them. So, um, Jeff, you can speak more to the, um, you know, the carbon and the rate water and what runoff, if you want. Well, yeah, I, I, our prairie restorations provide really impo- important ecological services, and, and that's uh, benefits provided to humans by healthy natural environments. And so examples of those ecological services are prairie restorations provide habitat for pollinators. Pollinators in turn pollinate one in every three bites of food. Hmm. And um, the robust roots of prairie plants clean the water that we drink and the air that we breathe. And if I could just say real quick, you know, on an annual basis, it takes 
um, one almost one metric ton of carbon to you know mow that acre. Whereas a in a prairie restoration, the prairie is actually sequestering one metric ton of carbon on an annual basis, and that carbon goes underground in the roots. It's stored there safely and indefinitely. And so every acre that we restore, it's a net reduction of around two metric tons of CO2 a year. And that is significant in the fight against climate change. Hmm. So Lee, in our final minute here, uh, I did want to note, so far both of your projects have been on the city's south side. Do you have anything planned for the north or even for the county? Oh, actually, can I throw that one to Jeff? We, We do have some plans for up north. Jeff? Yeah, so next, uh, we have our eyes on North Riverfront Park. It's a big park, um, and we'd like to provide accessibility for neighborhoods in that area. Um, The park is essentially in the floodplain of the river, so we're looking at a different species mix up there, perhaps using shrubs like buttonbush and silky dogwood, also known as swamp dogwood, that are more tolerant of being inundated by water than uh, prairie grasses and forbs are. But we have no official plans at this point, but that's just where we're looking to go next. It's very much a place of interest for us. Okay. Well, if people want to get more information about Prop Up Prairie, we have that link on our website. That's stlpr.org. We also have information about a free event that is coming up on October 2nd. That's happening at McDonald Park uh, right there in Tower Grove South. You can check out the prairie grass and also support a good cause. This is called Beers for Butterflies Music Festival. Again, that's going to be October 2nd. All the details on our website. Uh, Jeff Harris, Urban Resource Manager for Pop Up Prairie, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And Lee Harris, Executive Director of Pop Up Prairie, thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.